Welcome, everyone. I'm Kim Christensen, and this is the Peaceful Productivity Podcast, where I share strategies to help you get the most out of your time and feel better in the process. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another special episode of the Peaceful Productivity Podcast. It's very special because I have a guest today. Her name is Amber Green. And I will let Amber tell you a little bit about herself, but how Amber and I came to meet is through Toastmasters. I love fellow Toastmasters, which is why you'll see them make an appearance on my podcast so often, because they are people who are invested in self-development, leadership, and doing big things. And so I love talking to Toastmasters and bringing them on the podcast whenever possible. The focus of our conversation today is that I would love to hear more about Amber's business. Amber is a small business owner and a writer, and she has several different types of products and services that she offers through her business and with her writing. So with no further ado, welcome Amber. Hello. Thanks for coming. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited. Wonderful to have you here. And I would love to hear a little bit more about your business. Yes, as you said, I'm an author, I'm a freelance writer and freelance journalist. In my work, I write books. I have a novel, a short story collection, and seven issues of second draft journals. For freelance journalism, I write for a local uh, community-based website, and I also am a freelance writer. So I write copy for business owners, including biographies and web pages, landing pages, ads, that kind of thing. Wow, multi-talented. So you're a freelance journalist, you're a freelance writer, you write copy for business owners, you also have some products, you have written a book, and you've got these journals as well. Is that correct? Yes, also a short story collection as well. So I have nine titles available on Amazon, and seven of those titles are second draft journals. Amazing. Yeah, I'm particularly interested in this because I've written a book, which is in the editing stage right now. So you inspire me. I've also mentioned on the podcast before that my dad's written a book. So I love writing. How did you come to be a writer? Well, first of all, I am so thrilled that you and your father have written books. I can't wait to read them. So I will definitely continue listening to the podcast for updates as well. Please email me and let me know. I want to be the first to purchase them. I mean, I've been writing stories forever. Prior to the pandemic, I released a few short stories on Amazon, just as eBooks, standalone short stories. My idea was like I was going to build my portfolio as a writer that way. But when the pandemic hit and everything shut down and things were a little bit different, well, a lot different, I decided that I really wanted to write a novel and publish it because I really had the feeling that time was running out. I mean, I know that's very cryptic, but the pandemic kind of made it like, oh, like life really doesn't go on forever. Things can change in the blink of an eye. Like, what am I doing with my time? What really matters to me? What came into sharp focus was that, yes, there's mammoth publishing houses out there. Yes, they publish great books, but you don't always have to go the traditional way. And why don't I, as a writer, why don't I really drill down, get to it, and release my own content. And so that led me to self-publishing. Wow. 
Amazing. And it's so interesting. I had a similar journey around the pandemic. That's when I retired from my full-time corporate career and went into business for myself. So how long have you been a small business owner? Wow. The better part of a decade. Yeah. I used to work in the financial industry as well. I was an investment representative. After that, I went fully into uh, freelance writing and I've written for professionals in the medical tech, legal, and financial industries, which really my background in the financial industry helped for that as well. It's so interesting to me that you and I have that similar background in terms of transitioning from financial type things, which in my perspective is very logic heavy, very formulaic type of thinking, and then shifting over into something that feels a lot more creative. Writing for me is a creative outlet, as is coaching, in fact, actually. So it's interesting to me that both of those types of work feel kind of a passion for me. And I'm curious if that resonates with you at all in your journey. Yeah, for sure. I enjoyed working in the financial industry, but it is a very different culture than the arts. I will say, I think some people are really well suited to the financial industry. It's a very specific lifestyle. I feel like financial industry professionals have to think a certain way. You're very sales-based, go, go, go. And that is true in some respects for a creative individual. But I think that for me personally, I had to appreciate that storytelling and that telling people stories is an important facet of life. Like I kind of thought of my creative work as a writer, not as the copy, like as the freelance writer, writing copy and stuff for businesses is when you're trying to sell things. So there's obvious, like there's an obvious commercial part to that, but to write fiction, I kind of had to tell myself that, hey, this is like really worth the effort and people enjoy it. So why not put more into it? It's almost like I felt that work had to be hard. And if it wasn't hard, and if I wasn't going, you know, 14 hours a day and always thinking about it and always stressed out, there was something wrong. Yeah, such a good reflection. So interesting. It brings me to the idea of peaceful productivity, because as a small business owner, we have to be somewhat disciplined in the way that we use our time. And yet the nature of our work is very, very creative. So what works well for you in terms of managing your business and producing your writing? And what are some of the challenges that you have? So for myself, I find sticking to a schedule really helps. And that's not for everyone. Like I know that. But just like you're saying, there's a certain amount of discipline that you need as a business owner just to keep going. And so for myself, I stick to a certain time of day that I'm writing, usually in the morning. And then I have time blocks for other tasks. And I make sure that on this day and this day, I'm going to do social media content or marketing content. And on this day, I'm going to contact people. And on this day and this day and this day, I talk to clients. So there is a structure to it. It's not quite nine to five. And it's nice that it doesn't have to be. And some days I'm going 12, 14, 16 hours. And other days are like eight hours. And once in a while, I take a day off, which is nice too. So there is that flexibility. I think that's really a great takeaway is that when you are involved in both types of work, that blocking off time for that creative is really, really helpful. I do something similar in the sense that 
I say to myself, okay, from 10 to 12 as an example, I'm just going to write. And I don't have any specific tangible outcomes for that time because that that then gives me the space to just explore and be creative and not feel like I'm bumping up against some sort of like rigid expectations that I'm putting on myself. And then other times when I'm managing my business and there's certain deliverables that have to get done, then it's a little bit more structured. Yes. When deadlines come up, those come first. As an author and a writer, I do try and hone my craft. And so I try to protect a little bit of time during the day. Sometimes it's not always two or four hour blocks. Sometimes it's a little less. By keeping that in mind, it also gives me content to work with later on. So sometimes when I write, it's not a novel or a short story. Sometimes it's a poem, you know, or an essay that I want to submit to like a writing contest, you know, six months from now. It doesn't have to be right away. So it's nice to have that block of time just for that creativity. And just like you say, a 10 to 12 p.m. like block of time, you're writing and you just let yourself write. And that's nice. Um, Oftentimes writers will try to adhere to a word count. And sometimes that kills creativity too. Do you know what I mean? So 2,000 words a day, it's not always possible. If you sit down and you're focused for whatever length of time you can be focused for, that's great. And if you can't focus, then you can journal and then get back to it when you can focus and when you are ready. Yeah, I've heard you're probably more familiar with this story than I am, but I've heard Stephen King has this objective to actually sit down and produce something every single day. He doesn't really hold himself to, to my knowledge, to a word count or anything like that, but he does have himself sit down to do it because getting over the starting is the hardest part for him. Right. I'm reading his book called On Writing right now. I think it was released in early 2000s, but he wrote that he likes to finish a novel within three months because if he lets it go beyond that, then it just gets too much. So he tries to keep it within that three-month block of time. But then he puts his first draft away, and he doesn't touch it for at least six weeks. Sometimes it's even longer. But then he goes back to it, and he finds that his perspective is fresh on his own work, and he can edit it. And he's not as attached to some of the things that he was attached to when he was writing it. So that's also a helpful tip for writers. I've done that before myself, and it does work. Yeah, I actually did that, not, not consciously or intentionally. I just put <laughs> that can it, happen. <laughs> I got it back from the editor, my own book, and put it away for a while just to kind of give myself a little bit of a space from it. And now I find coming back to it, I do have a fresh perspective. So that's interesting. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. I've I heard a quote, I might mess this up, but um you never read the same book twice, I think it is. I can't remember who said it. My apologies. But what it means is even if you read the same book every year. You'll never read it the same way twice because you're always different when you read it. Exactly. So you take different things away, which is really interesting. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that because that's the premise of my coaching practice is that the stories <laughs> that we tell ourselves about our interpretation of reality are really so subjective. So we can come to a book like your example, or we can come to a situation. And depending on what the story is that we tell ourselves about that, we have an entirely different experience of that. So in my coaching practice, we work on consciously and intentionally managing those stories 
so that we can have the experience and the results that we want from that. So that's interesting. I hadn't that's, really thought of that before. Yeah, but that's brilliant. Like yeah. managing your mind and, and your thoughts. It's, I mean, it's a full-time job and we're not really taught about it. Exactly. Like, exactly. We're not taught like, oh, by the way, yeah, you could think this today, but it really doesn't matter. You'll think totally differently. Give it three days even, you might think of it totally differently. But then we take everything that we think as truth and as gospel, basically. Exactly. Not recognizing that those stories are optional, that they're a bit flexible. Yes. And they're not always as important as we think they are, even yes. our own stories. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You think back to the stories that we were telling ourselves a year ago. I can't even remember what those stories I were. Know. And yet at that moment in time, they probably played a huge role in my life at that time. Absolutely. And you can feel like they're removable unless you sit down and think it through, maybe journal and just really challenge what you think. I think we're taught to challenge other people, but are we really taught to challenge our own thoughts? I don't know. Yes, that is profound. And on that note, I would love to hear more about your journals because I know you've got seven of them. And so how do these journals help people to challenge their own thinking and maybe create a little bit more of a narrative around their own lives. Yeah, thank you so much for asking, Kim. So the series of journals is called Second Draft Journals. My mom and I came up with these journals in the early days of the pandemic. As we were discussing how things were going to change or how we thought things might change because of the pandemic, we thought, okay, before the pandemic, it was our first draft. And now after the pandemic, after we've all gone through this one big thing together worldwide, doesn't matter where you were, we are seeing life in a different perspective. And so after the pandemic was our second draft, ergo second draft journals. But we wanted to include my short stories. Each journal has a short story. And they also include my mom's art. My mom has been an artist for decades. And she developed this beautiful content for our journals. Of course, each journal has goal setting pages, both at the beginning and the end of the book. And there are journaling pages as well throughout, as well as journal prompts by the one character who makes an appearance in all of the books. Her name is Sadie. You'll see at the bottom of the page, Sadie says, and then she'll give a prompt that you can journal about if you so choose. I feel that journaling overall, it really is an individual practice. I know for myself, I like to journal at the end of the day. It gives me something to just write out the whole day or write even just a few sentences that I can forget about and then move on to the next new thing. Some people like to track their workouts or their progress every week. Basically, you can do anything with a journal. So good. There's several things that I love about this concept. One is that with the use of technology, we don't necessarily write so much anymore, like physically write in a book, pen to paper kind of thing. Right. And I think that there is a lot of value in writing, at least for myself, I find that processing my thoughts pen to paper is a different experience than typing and journaling. I love that physical experience that you're offering there in your journals. I also love the idea of including short stories and visuals in the journals. I don't know that I've seen that before, and I imagine it would be very inspiring. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I spend a lot of time on my computer and on my phone, but sometimes it's just too much. Like, it's nice to give 
my eyes a break. It's nice to write by hand. You can write as gentle or you can scribble or you can scratch things out. Sometimes that in and of itself is just cathartic. Yes. Oh, I love that you said that. I find myself, I was thinking this just the other night. I'm on technology for my work. I'm on technology for entertainment. I'm on technology for communication with my family and friends. It is nice to get a break from that. I got a, I don't know if you get screen time notifications. Like I use Apple devices. So they'll tell me like your screen time this week was up. Well, I had a screen time notification just before the holidays and it said, your screen time is up. You've been using screens for 24 hours a day for the last week. (laughs) Now, obviously that was a glitch, but I was like, yeah, it kind of feels like I was approaching that number. So it's It's a message from the universe. Hey, Amber, maybe, (laughs) maybe you need a break of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine that there are a lot of people out there who, who have that same feeling. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I think it's very common these days. So I'm curious, what led you to a career full-time in writing after financial advising? So that's a good question. Actually, I got sick. I got very sick. I didn't know it at the time. I mean, I'll spare you all the details, but it took a little while to figure out. But I have celiac disease and no one knew that. It took about six months to finally find the diagnosis. And before then, they were looking for, you know, everything else that it could have been, of course, all things that were worse. So thankfully, it's uh, it's an autoimmune disease that can be easily managed through diet. Celiac disease means that you can't have gluten. I should clarify that. So with that, all of that going on and the long process that it took, I just wasn't suited for the office life at that time. So I transitioned out of the financial industry as I was recovering because it was a process. I started my own business and I started slowly because at the time I was still healing and the right results was born. At first, I was just writing letters and then writing ads, and then writing web pages for people. So it kind of went through a few transitions to what it is today. And now, of course, I offer copywriting, content writing, and biographies for people. Wow. That's very, very compelling, that story. I also had an additional issue because I have mild cerebral palsy, and I had major problems with my hip, and I ended up in a wheelchair for two years. So cerebral palsy, I've had that my entire life. But celiac, it kind of coincided with this hip issue. It's probably because of inflammation caused by celiac disease. So it was like a perfect storm of like these two different, very different diagnoses coming together and then kind of changing my life. But I think overall it changed my life for the better because like we've talked about, the financial industry is geared for a particular kind of person. And frankly, I wasn't up to that kind of stress. I can take a lot of stress. I can take a lot of pain. But it's it's a specific kind that you have to be ready for. And at that time in my life, I wasn't ready for that. Wow. Even though I enjoyed a lot of it, <laughs> which is kind of odd. <laughs> Congratulations to you to start a business while you're still healing. Thank you. What was that like for you? It was slow, a little slower than I wanted. And I think at that time too, yeah, it wasn't ideal because I wasn't quite ready to let go of the financial industry and the vision of what I wanted for my life at that time. I thought I'd be like some high powered investment advisor, like in boardrooms. I had to start my business 
from a, okay, let's try this at least for the time being while I'm healing. As I started to heal and as things got better, I realized that this is the life that I want for myself. The financial industry is not where I wanted to be anymore. And with my background in the financial industry and now with my writing, I can write for people in the financial industry. I don't necessarily have to be in the financial industry myself. So it's nice because I do like financial products. I like staying current with financial news, but I don't have to be in the office nine to five trading stocks. It's the best of both worlds, really. It really, it really for is. For you. Yeah. Amazing. Looking back on your journey, once your business was up and going and regularly producing an income for you, what were the things that if you were to give advice to someone who was just reaching that level in their business, what were some of the things that worked well for you at that time? So as I got going, what I found to be very good was consistency, meaning if you're starting with social media, post consistently, decide on a schedule and make sure you don't deviate from that. Also develop your content on a niche so that you're not writing about every little thing that you're interested in. When it comes to your business, you want it to be very obvious the problems that you're solving for your clientele so that they don't have to wonder who are you. Because there's so many other writers out there who will tell them exactly what they need to hear and boom, they're the easy choice. So you want to make yourself the easy choice. You want to make yourself easily accessible. You want to make sure that your customer service skills are at the height of perfection. <laughs> well, almost perfection. Sorry, you just released a podcast about perfectionism. <laughs> so you want to treat your business as seriously as you would treat it as if you were going to sell your business. Yeah. So yeah, you want it to be as high level as you can make it. In the same vein, it's almost like treating it like you were working for someone else. Yeah. If that works for you, because some of my clients will prioritize themselves last at the bottom of the priority list, and that includes their business. So it's almost like your note about consistency is well taken. It's like showing up for yourself in an exercise routine. It's that consistency and showing up for yourself. It's the same way showing up for your business the way you show up for somebody else's Absolutely. business. Yeah, you're so right. It's like, treat it like if you ever worked retail, you wouldn't miss your shift because you have to open the store. You have to go in and it has to be done. So treat your business the same way. Exactly. And I think what you just said needs to be said again, the way that you show up for yourself and take care of yourself, because without you, there's no small business. So if you work yourself 24-7, you're not going to be able to manage that for very long. And then where are you? Then you're going to have to be like me and, and work your way up from poor health to feeling good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I heard somewhere and people were talking about happiness and, oh, I think it was like a uh, happy new year. And like, you know, I, I wish you success and happiness and health in the new year. And one person was saying like, well, it's interesting that health comes like last. I want health to come first yeah. because... She said, you know, I would want to say like, you know, I hope I wish you good health in the new year and then success and then happiness because health is so important. And she's like, I wonder why health comes like third or fourth or fifth. And I said, ah, I think it's because maybe the people who are saying health third or fourth or fifth have always been healthy. So they don't know what they have. And so if you have good health, 
congratulations. That's fantastic. If you haven't, I hope you're managing well. But if you have good health, you want to foster that. You don't want to lose that. Trust me, it is a very, very valuable asset, even more so than anything that you could ever have in your bank account. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Health is success and happiness. Well, this has been so fun, Amber. So what are some of the takeaways that you've learned over your 10 years in business that you now wish that you had known when you were first starting out? Consistency is key. Don't be afraid to chase some of the bigger goals. Just because you're a small business owner doesn't mean you have to stay small. I want to keep chasing big dreams. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's how big companies are made. And I think that's how big movements are made throughout the world. Collaboration is a really good idea. I think networking is extremely important. I also think for myself, doing a weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly analysis of what I'm doing, if that's going to take me where I want to go, is a really good strategy as well. Oh, such good tips. So good. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. If people want to learn more about you or find out more about your journals, where can they find you? The easiest place to find me is my portfolio. Uh, that's afsgreen.com. I use the pen name AFS Green instead of Amber Green because Amber Green just produces a lot of jewelry results online. <laughs> so you can find me at afsgreen.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, right now I'm using Instagram and TikTok the most. So my username is at author period AFS Green on both. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. This has been so much fun. Amazing. I'm so glad you could come today. Thanks, Amber.